Welcome to the Agora Network Ministries podcast, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our host, Evan Roars Dodge, shares practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and the stigma inside the walls of the church. Our hope is that through informative interviews with leading mental health professionals and people in the field, and through the stories of healing and transformation, you will find that hope and healing can be found in body, soul, and spirit. To learn more, go to agoranetworkministries.com and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to another episode of Hope for the Agora. My name is Dr. Evan Dodge, and I am thrilled to be joined today by Catherine Gillard. Catherine, welcome. Thanks so much, Evan. It's good to be here. Well, we're just blessed to to have you here. You're going to share uh, with our listeners about your ministry, what you do, and how each one of us can be an agent of healing um, that uh, that that God has uh, sent us into the world to be. Catherine, you are a coach. Correct. Tell us about that ministry. Tell us about yourself, your 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 work as a coach, and what you do with Agora Network Ministries. Awesome. So um, my journey into coaching, I actually thought I had one thing I was going to do. Well, actually, I intended to be a writer in school, in high school. And I went and interviewed a journalist and that was the direction I was headed. And that was so cut and dry. These people were going through trauma and my heart was breaking and she was just very like factual about it. And I just laid down with the Lord and I said, I don't know where I'm headed. I, I, I just want to touch lives for your glory. Where am I going? I just really felt like he pressed on my heart teaching. And so I went into teaching and I couldn't believe they were going to pay me for that to like walk with these kids and, uh-huh. and to help them get excited about learning and, and to grow. And uh, I did that for 12 years and then we had children and I was intending to go back. And the day I was handing in my letter to the Board of Education, um, I I um, just was like, you know, if there's something else you want me to do, Lord, you know, just open my eyes if you want me to use my skills and gifts for something else. And I handed in my letter and I went and stopped at the church I was serving in. And they said, um, we would like to ask if you would like to be our children's pastor. I was serving in um, kids ministry and also walking with women in women's ministry. And I had this like kind of moment where I, I felt like I was standing on the edge of a precipice and I was like ready to jump, whatever it is for your glory, God, I'm ready to do it. And it just resonated. And I went home and told my husband and he also felt like he had heard from God. If mm-hmm. I did more in the church, he would be doing more. So I went into ministry. So then I was wow. a children's pastor for about the same length of time. So this is kind of like the the parts of my story. Right. And thought, that's it. I'm going to be a children's pastor for the rest of my life. Right. And as I continue to do women's ministry, walk with women, lead groups and those kinds of things, um, there were these moments where God was pressing on my heart that there was something else he was calling me into. Um, I had a moment with the kids where we were doing like, you know, that Bible verse, we take captive every thought and Mm -hmm. make it obedient to Christ, kind of like boxing gloves. We're doing actions with it. And I just felt like God like said to me again, my children aren't doing this. And I thought, okay, yeah, his kids, his kids, right? Little kids. 
And, but then in more moments where it was like pressing into my heart to get to why hurt leaders, hurt leaders, why hurt Mm -hmm. people, hurt Mm -hmm. people, um, breaking generational dysfunction and, um, just getting to the roots of like lies and wounds and all those things. And I wrote my resume and an act of obedience, but maybe I was stepping into like more ministry pastoral with women. And, um, as I wrote my resume, it just came out of my heart like I'm a breakthrough leader that leads people to breakthrough Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand at all and it just God kept pressing on my heart that he was calling me to something new and so I took a step of faith and I actually resigned my position and um started just really listening in and faith water walking is hard so it wasn't easy um but that step became uh, I think the first piece of that journey was into formational prayer ministry and inner healing. So I went through myself um, and in that process um, just was hooked and the ability of God to touch on pain and wounds, to break strongholds, to pinpoint Mm -hmm. areas, um, that idea of actually being like safe with God and being in a space with God. And so at the same time, still like researching, trying to figure out, you know, where is it I'm meant to head a spiritual director counseling, like I was researching all these courses and um, a friend of a friend in BC messaged and said, there's somebody that's so much like you. I think you should talk to them. They have the same heart for hope and healing and they're a life coach. And so I chatted with that person and they um, put me in touch with. Um, the organization that they went to, which is aim higher and the people who are the ICF, they're ICF certified coaching. They um, have backgrounds in inner healing and emotional intelligence and all of the pieces that like God had really been forming in my heart. Um, And so I got involved in that and did my training through that. And um, at the same time, Um, even before that, if I back up as well as the formational prayer ministry, um, somebody said, you know, I think you'd really be interested in trauma healing. And so I'm directionally challenged, but I, um, got to Buffalo and he took initial equipping in trauma healing from the trauma healing Institute. And it was again, one of those moments where it was like so much of a hook, like pieces of what was in the material were so connecting with things that God had expounded on my heart in terms of wound work and care for wounds and how important Mm -hmm. it is. You know, we care for physical wounds, but how do we care for heart wounds? And so, um, yeah, all those pieces kind of came together. People often say, you know, how'd you put those two together as part of your niche for coaching? Like I didn't, God just led me there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Catherine, what, 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 what sets coaching apart from spiritual direction or counseling or therapy? What, uh, and and maybe does coaching uh, interface with those other professions in some way? Yeah, coaching works in alignment with those others. So coaching isn't a replacement for therapy or counseling, or any of those pieces. I don't Mm -hmm. um, diagnose, I don't prescribed medication, but in coaching, um, it's walking with a client one-on-one and um, my particular niche, like some coaches will walk with people, you know, in weight loss journeys or in, you know, dreams and, and sure, following sure. like life purpose and those kinds of things. But God's really tailored mine in terms of 
getting to the roots of things, um, emotional processing, helping people actually, you know, understand their feelings and emotions. Those are trapped and buried. People mm. might have grown up and not been able to process those things. So, um, yeah, coaching, coaching isn't, um, a therapy, it isn't counseling, but at the same time, we get to walk with people in hope and healing and processing and empowering, um, getting to the roots of things and yeah, beliefs, yeah. basically getting behind the feelings to the beliefs of what's been leading. Mm -hmm. Catherine, you've used a word several times that I'd love for you to unpack for us. And that is a healing. Mm. So in your work as a coach in your own life, uh, or in 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 a church context, whatever wherever um, whatever context you'd like, what what is healing? How does one get healed? And mm -hmm. maybe for you as a coach, what are you doing as a coach in in a coaching session in that ministry to help facilitate and bring about healing? Mm -hmm. So many really good questions. So, um, we we are very good at understanding like physical healing in terms of going to the doctor and caring for something that's hurting or broken and a little bit less likely to understand that there might be something that's hurting or broken in our heart or mind. Mm. And so um, as we walk with people in, in healing, which we would call like of the mind and the heart of heart set and the mindset, helping people understand, you know, where they might have lies that they've believed their whole life as true. That's a stronghold, right? Something mm. you don't even understand. That is a lie, but you've lived that way for so long. And so by getting past the feelings, the emotional upheaval of what's going on in your life to the fears and the roots, people are able to actually like stop agreeing with lies, actually find out what's true. It might be truths about God. It might be truths about success. It might be truths about failure. It might be truths about conflict. And so um, the power of truth, right, is is mm. to actually like put it in action. Yeah, sure. And so helping people to align with what they may have as faulty beliefs. They could be beliefs that they've passed on from family to family about money, about, you know, how we handle success, how we handle um, failure, how we handle problems, conflict. Mm. Yeah. How, how, how have you found the church? Um, and again, I, that's uh, the church is not, you know, sort of mm. this monolithic entity that everywhere at all times might approach something mm. the same way. But in your experience, mm. have you found the church being a barrier to healing or uh, uh, or does the church facilitate healing? Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to preface that comment by something that I heard a pastor say so many times don't judge the father by the people <laughs> mm. because oftentimes um, we're broken and yeah, yeah. we're trying to make sense of our world. So I'm going to say we, cause it's a collective body of the church and um, yeah, it's unfortunate that a place that's meant to be safe has been unsafe for many mm -hmm. um, myself yes. included. If I'm transparent, there have been, moments where and I think that's the heart of my journey where I'm just like God why why and so on this journey through ministry and now in this it's like getting to the roots of what's what's really going on and I think the church ourselves the body the bride have very many unprocessed 
griefs, losses, and beliefs. And unfortunately, we often say, I'm a new creation. I'm new. All things are new. And so um, instead of doing that deep work of allowing God in to transform us from the inside out, Mm. we live outwardly. Like now I serve, now I teach, now I whatever versus inwardly like, God, search me. Is there anything in here that's stuck that that isn't in alignment with your truth? And so, um, yeah, we're in the and I think that as a body, too, we're uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable with pain. We're uncomfortable with grief. We're uncomfortable with loss. And so unfortunately, um we can be like slap happy with Bible verses, like, you know, consider it pure joy and, you know, and, and focus on like being joyful, being happy as like the right way to live as a Christian versus like Jesus himself demonstrated the pouring out of pain and the need to actually like spill that before the father to be filled. And so, yeah. So unfortunately, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Catherine, my my experience in ministry has been I've been a local church pastor for for ten years, eleven years now, and if if the church is not at the forefront of modeling and teaching mm-hmm. people how to deal with mm-hmm. process their emotions mm-hmm. and the yes. whole gamut of emotions, if there yes. are certain emotions that either you know either overtly or 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 explicitly the church is saying yeah those are those aren't good emotions you know ignore that don't feel that yeah. um then those people are going to find another outlet in another avenue to help Please. them process those emotions and the church could be such a uh, vulnerable agent of healing right just allowing those things to be and sitting with them in the in the midst of perhaps even an uncomfortable situation, but just letting that person have a space to feel what they feel and process uh, whatever it is that they do feel um, because they're going to get that somewhere. And the church to me should be right at the forefront of that. And um, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, the church has been judging behaviors versus realizing that that behavior is actually a little window to see that there's a wound or there's something going on inside that person. And so, yeah, to shut yeah. down, we hide, we hide people like the church is, has been a place of masks and, you know, not transparency, not a safe place. And so the beauty of um, programs like Agora is offering or trauma healing Institute has mm-hmm. developed is that the church actually can understand what it means to be a safe place. Yes. To be like Jesus, to draw a line in the sand. And that means to sit with the broken, right? Like the line in the sand and I'm with the broken. What does it mean to hold space? What does it mean to, I love Terry Wardle's um, from international uh, healing care international and how he talks about how we have the opportunity to be like friend of the bridegroom to mm-hmm. actually like sit with and create a space. Yeah. Yeah. To just That's listen. Yes. To listen. We're not good at listening. We want to put a solution on. We want to give a Bible verse. We want to, you know, and, and grief and pain is messy yes. and we're uncomfortable with the messiness. And so. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Catherine, in your work as a coach, have you found this to be true that often, uh, and I'll speak from my experience, I'm wondering if it mirrors yours, that people who are looking for a place to process mm -hmm. how they're feeling, they're not mm -hmm. looking for advice. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily looking for, you know, okay, give me a Bible verse that will make all this go away. They're mm -hmm. looking for someone who will listen mm -hmm. and someone who will, will be able to communicate perhaps non-verbally just mm -hmm. empathy and love mm -hmm. um because if you, I, I found if you give someone that foundation then you mm -hmm. can start to build trust mm -hmm. and then you can advance from there right but you can't get to those other places where you really start to enter into a healing journey unless you don't already have that foundation um, that mm -hmm. is built on some of those what i what i think have found are best practices of just listening of being appropriately vulnerable of you know sharing empathy and allowing that person just to be mm -hmm. and then um to me that that's that's a good uh way to begin that healing path have you found something similar absolutely i mean it's unprocessed pain that holds power and people i love how the trauma healing institute talks about how we've dead things buried alive inside of us it's just trapped mm -hmm. in there yeah. And if, and, and that trauma, that pain actually like silences people's voices. So when we actually give them an opportunity to process, to speak out, to share, to be heard, to grieve, then that's when that pain starts to lose its power. And, and the other thing is that that pain causes this great disconnect, right? Mm. It causes a disconnect from who people see themselves as. It causes a disconnect from them and other people. It causes a disconnect from them and God. And so by just like holding a space, a safe, non-judgmental space where people can actually be heard, their voice comes out. They get to be empowered to actually start to find solutions and to process. So you're right. They, they're people, the number one need is to be listened to. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. just to be heard. Mm -hmm. Well, I uh, am enjoying this conversation greatly. We're going to take a short break. I'll be right back with my guest, Catherine Gillard. Let's face it, life can throw us curveballs we weren't expecting and put us off a bit. Sometimes when life gets overwhelming, it can really change our mood. Maybe you get snappy or withdraw. Perhaps your go-to is anger, or perhaps you just feel melancholy. We understand. That's why Agora Network Ministries is pleased to host in concert with the Bell Let's Talk Day, Evening with an Expert. Join us Wednesday, February 8th at 7 p.m. at North End Church, 455 Geneva Street in St. Catharines, Ontario. We'll be with our expert, Dr. Grant Mullen, who will be talking with us about Your Moods Matter. There's no entry fee, but there will be a free will offering. There will also be mental health resources for sale. Don't wait. Go to agoranetworkministries.com to find out more information and register today. Your mental health will thank you. I'm back with my guest, Catherine Gillard. Catherine, you are a master facilitator for the Trauma Healing Institute. So I'm wondering if you could define trauma for us, share what you do in that role, and then um, how, how people of faith can be uh, change agents, agents of healing, and to minister to those who have experienced trauma. Awesome. Absolutely. 
I love um, what the Trauma Healing Institute has done in terms of defining trauma because there's a lot of confusion, a lot of different definitions of it. A simple one is overwhelmed beyond your ability to cope. Mm. And and that's different for different ones of us, depending on what we've already faced in life and whatnot. But I love the way the Trauma Healing Institute just says this. Some experiences are very painful. They cause deep suffering that lasts a long time. And that is trauma. It's a deep wound of the heart and mind that take a long time to heal. They hurt every part of our lives, how we relate to others, how our body feels, what we think about, trust God, our connection to God and others. And we may not even feel like the same person. Mm-hmm. And so it's just such a good definition. It's a deep wound of the heart, right? Different than grief and loss. It contains grief and loss, but within trauma is this feeling of powerlessness or horror or hopelessness. It can be one event. It can be repeated events. Um, but within that is that feeling of like helplessness and horror. And so trauma kind of takes away your voice. It takes away your empowerment, takes away your sense of justice and, uh, so the process of trauma healing is so possible because God is a God of hope and victory and he wants to touch the hurting. Um, the best way of understanding is like a physical wound. It takes care, cleansing. You need to get to the root of it and where it's coming. It can't he has to heal on the surface, right? And it will lead to the scar. Um, what does that process look like in terms of healing? It involves, like we've talked about so much, being heard. That's the number one piece. Mm. It involves understanding how to grieve well. What is grief like? Validating grief. Understanding how to lament. Like, it's incredible because a lot, yeah, a lot of what's happened for us in our trauma has happened um, in the area of our brain. Like, it's stored not logically, not through words and communication, but oftentimes in our emotional memory. And so lament is so powerful because when you're lamenting this biblical process that God has given us, we get to tap into our right brain. It's more creative, metaphorical Mm -hmm. imagery. Um, And so these things can come surfacing out and as well, lamenting, like actually taking and spilling our pain before God. Um, is this right place where we are actually sending all of our pain to the right target instead of at other people, hurting other yeah, people. Sure. Right. So lament's really powerful. Actually understanding like what forgiveness is or isn't um, and helping people to navigate, like to release and then build resilience, move forward and understanding it's a journey and a cycle. We'll go back. It's repeated over and over again. Right. So that process of um, processing trauma involves reconnection because trauma is disconnected. So it severed our sense of self, our sense of relationship, our sense of God and safety, Mm -hmm. um, allowing people to reintegrate with order and justice and, and, and processing that pain. Like we said, the biggest piece is, you know, listening. And so there's a great opportunity for us to understand three good questions. What happened? How did you feel? What was the hardest part? Because in those asking those questions or allowing them to reintegrate that like sequence of events that's been disjointed because of of being traumatic and helplessness and horror allows them to um, feel safe, to be heard, to grieve. So those questions are really, really important. Um, And then I'm going to lead into that because you said, how can the church help? 
Yeah. So I'd like to lead into just kind of, you know, tying up our conversation. Yeah. What is, what is a, what is a, a couple of best practices for the church, oh. for people of faith who mm-hmm. maybe someone's listening right now, Catherine, they say, yeah, you know, God is calling me to, to journey with people as they're healing from trauma, mm-hmm. or I, you know, I want to find a place where I can enter that journey of my own to, to heal mm-hmm. from, mm-hmm. from something that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. What would you say are some best practices? Mm-hmm. So that really important thing is who's a safe place? Mm-hmm. right? Who, who is somebody who really is going to let me be heard to listen without trying to fix, without trying to put an answer on it, without a timeline, without trying to control my pain, right? Finding that person's non-judgmental and being that person, depending on your, if the person you find one, if you are walking with people, you be one. It's really understanding to be a student of suffering, right? Curious and not condemning. So regardless of whether you're the person going through the pain or you're the person listening to the pain, I'm curious about what's going on and how I'm feeling. So many times we just like shut it down. It feels like bad emotion. I don't want to feel sad. I don't. Right. And it's like the, right. the, the key through it is through it, right? God has given us this actual biblical pathway and we don't want to circumvent it and stop it short. Jesus demonstrated we need to grieve. We need to release those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to actually understand that what it means to like sit with the broken, mm-hmm. which means silence. Yeah. Yeah. So if we look at um, Job's friends, they did well, they were silent. So often we are uncomfortable with silence. So get comfortable with silence. Yeah. Be ready yeah. to listen. Right. Oh, that's good, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Mm. The important what- Go ahead. What what are some, Catherine, what are some resources? You're on the board of Agora Network Ministries. Mm -hmm. What are some resources that Agora offers for Mm -hmm. uh, the trauma healing journey? Mm -hmm. I love the way that trauma and uh, mental health intersect. And so um, the Agora Network Ministries is incredible, offering hope and healing through resourcing. And so there are powerful courses that are available, like Building Resilience with Laura Bruno, which I took, um, just really helping understand stress and anxiety and fear and getting tools for coping, unhooking. Um, So those are incredible, incredible course to take. Um, There is the 911 course, so really understanding mental health, understanding somebody who's in a crisis, how to enter in, resources that you can give them. and um trying to think oh there's an upcoming event so i'll give a little segue for that this upcoming tuesday at north end church there's uh going to be um an opportunity to meet with the expert so they have dr grant mullen and he's sharing moods matter he's talking about um, mental health and understanding emotions and feelings and moods Mm. um so yeah it's just um, there's books, uh, there's there's many things being developed. It's just this constant process of looking at how can we equip um, the church and how can we bring resources so that we can actually be an agent of help and not harm. We don't want to do harm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I mean, the Trauma Healing Institute talks about that's the secondary hurt. The hurt is often the hurt that we were experienced in the suffering or the traumatic event. And the secondary hurt is often 
being hurt again because somebody's causing you to shut down, not listen. And so the equipping of Agora that the church would open up and be that space is incredible. Yes, it is. Well, Catherine, thank you for joining me today for this great conversation. If listeners would like to know more about you and your ministry as a coach, is there a website or somewhere on the internet where they can connect with you? Mm -hmm. So my business is Stepping Stones Life Coaching, Finding Hope in a Future. You can look up katherinegillard.com. I'm also available, Catherine Gillard Legacy Coaching. So live your legacy is kind of my slogan, that we would be who God made us to be by uncovering those layers um, of protection, coping mechanisms, those kinds of things so we can truly be free. Wonderful. And uh, we will also include those links in the show notes. Um, so folks can find those easily and access your your website. So, well, Catherine, thank you. Thank you for your, your heart for healing and all the things and all the ways that God is using you to bring hope and healing to the church and to the world around us. Thank you for that and for your time today. Thank you so much, Evan. It's so good to be here. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you found it helpful and informative. We are always open to your comments and suggestions. You can contact us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. You can also go to our website for resources, information, and upcoming events. Just head over to agoranetworkministries.com. If you would like to support the work of Agora Network Ministries, including this podcast, you can find a link on our site. We appreciate your support. We pray that your week is blessed. Bye for now.